Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hello there. It's Rena Jada from the Healthier Podcast and the Heal Circle Foundation. And we've got an amazing guest today, Dr. Amy Killen. Hi, Amy. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much. I'm excited. So we're talking about stem cell therapy. Let me tell you why I am so excited about it, folks. And then we're going to have Dr. Amy introduce herself and tell us a little bit about why she's so awesome. But um, as you all know, I had a couple of health crises. And the last one, I started to test and try out a whole bunch of different things. So what I did is I got on a plane and I flew out to Dr. Kristen Camella's lab out in Florida to test out stem cell therapy on myself. And um, yep, they went in my back and dug out some adipose stem cells (laughs) and spun them around. And uh, I've been injected at this point uh, two times, twice. So I had the original shot uh, about a year ago and then I had a more most recent shot about three months ago. And so I'm excited because of the potential of stem cell therapy. And today, our goal is to share with you whether this is true, whether stem cells really are the fountain of youth, um, what are the side effects, um, how dangerous is this process, when's the good time to start, and frankly, if it's right for you. So get ready for a really exciting episode. All right, Dr. Amy, let's start with, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into stem cell therapy to begin with? So I was actually an ER doctor for 10 years first. So I did emergency medicine. Um, and towards the end of that, I started seeing a lot of patients with you know, chronic medical problems who were just coming back over and over again to the ER. And I felt like I wasn't really helping them. Uh, at the same time, I was suffering from you know, just all the stress and lack of sleep and, and all the sort of anxiety that goes with working in that job. So I realized that I needed to start getting myself healthier uh, in order to help my patients also become healthier. So I got really interested in integrative medicine and regenerative medicine. And regenerative medicine, you know, a piece of that is the stem cell medicine. Um, So I've been doing this for about seven years now, and I love sort of taking this whole body approach to health. And to me, stem cells is part of that. All right. Well, let's start with the very first most important question, because other than you and I and a few million people, nobody really knows what the heck stem cell therapy really is. So let's, for those of our listeners who are like, well, what's a stem cell? Would you just really bring it down to the common uh, vocabulary and tell us what's a stem cell and where do they hang out? So stem cells are like the, are the master cells in your body and they're everywhere in your body. I mean, they're in your skin, in your muscles, in your heart, in your vagina, like they're literally everywhere. And they're the cells that are responsible for the upkeep of those organs. So they can replicate themselves. They can turn into different types of tissues and organs. But essentially, if you get injured, if you get old, your stem cells are the, part, are the, are the cells that are replenishing all of your organs all the time in your entire body. So is it fair to say that the reason when I fall down and injure myself at the age of 48, um, I take five times longer to heal than when I injured myself at 20 is because of stem cells? 
yeah, definitely. As you get older, the stem cells in your skin, as well as well as everywhere else, you lose them. You have so you have fewer of them in number, and they're also less active. So the ones that are there are just like kind of lazy. They're kind of hanging out. Like, ah, eh, we'll heal that eventually, but not right now. We're still um, in so, bed. <laughs> yeah, they're just like hanging out. So that's yeah. kind of what stem cell therapy. Part of what we're trying to do with these therapies are activate your own stem cells that are like gotten a, bit, a little bit lazy or just really aren't up, you know, up to uh, up to par. Okay, got it. So, so they're dying and they're lazy, and this, this <laughs> new modality um, is to wake them up and give them a power B12 shot. Right. And right. again, bring it down to the common person. How do you do this again? So there are a lot of different ways, but I will say that whatever therapy we, we, we use, and we can talk about that, but any therapy with stem cells is really working on activating your own stem cells. So the cells that are already in your body that are not active right now, um, we can put other cells in there, uh, or we can put growth factors or other things into your body to communicate with your stem cells to make them become more active. So we can take your own stem cells from your fat or from your bone marrow and put them somewhere else in your body. Uh, we can take, there's umbilical cord cells, there's growth factors, but whatever we use, we're still just trying to activate your own stem cells in that part of the body to become more active, to repair and regenerate. I went for my reunion a couple of years ago at Harvard Business School, and we had this amazing, brilliant um, faculty member who was specializing in kind of the future of stem cells, and they've got a lab, and they're working on all these clinical trials. And he had a perspective around adipose versus blood-based um, stem cells. Of course, Kristen Kamala practices adipose-based stem mm -hmm. cell therapy. Where do you come out? Where is the science on the difference between stem cells derived from just taking blood out of my arm, which is so much quicker, more painless, by the way, um, than adipose, which is definitely a little more of a um, involved procedure? So if you just take your blood out as it is, you can get platelet-rich plasma, so you can get the platelets and the growth factors that come with that, but you're not gonna get a whole bunch of stem cells. Now, it is possible to send your blood down to labs in faraway lands, and they can you know, get the stem cells out and culture them and do things with them, but that's not something that we can really do in the United States uh, right now. Uh, so right now, the best way to get stem cells from you is either from your bone marrow, which has a whole bunch of different stem cells, um, or from your fat, which has even more stem cells than bone marrow, but they're a little bit different types. So those are the two most common ways we get stem cells is from patient's bone marrow or patient's fat. Okay, got it. So you're clearly coming out in favor of not proceeding with the, with the blood. However, you do, I believe, practice the PRP method, because I think I saw it on your site. So we'll, we'll dive into that in just a bit. Um, so you're not anti-PRP. You're just saying a far right. superior mechanism, of course, is if you're going to go into a lab and get that stuff sucked out of you. I'm going to yeah. pause here and make a really important point. You want to get that done sooner rather than later. I remember going into the bathroom and there's like this big sign and it says, um, you're aging and so are your stem cells. <laughs> Today is the youngest your stem cells will ever be. Yes. And it just reinforced why I had flown, you know, a six hour flight and spent a bunch of money to come down to Dr. Kamala's lab and go through this. And I will say it, painful procedure. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It yeah. was not painful while undergoing, but it was definitely painful Afterwards. after. For yeah. sure. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, but it's worth it. I mean, it's a little bit of pain for now I've banked my stem cells for like decades. I think right. I get about 15 uh, treatments out of it. So 
it's totally worth it. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying, just be ready. It is painful. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a surgical procedure for sure. It's not just yeah. like a blood draw. It's a, you know, liposuction uh, and or bone marrow aspiration. Like, you know, those are both like legit surgeries. They're just smaller than most surgeries. <laughs> yes. So a surgeon may be like, it's nothing. But, <laughs> but for us, no, that, that was a procedure. With that said, um, so this is just a little note to self, right? Today's the youngest you'll be. So if you're interested in stem cell, better do it sooner rather than later. This is one of those things you probably don't want to push out long-term. With that said, now let's dive into how can someone get to greater health? Because as you know, at Heal Circle Foundation, we only have one goal. We want to get 100 million people to take charge of their health and to reverse disease, to beat disease. And diseases come in all forms, shapes, and sizes. We're, of course, focused on chronic disease, of which we know that sexual health is a big part of it. It's the least talked about part of it, but yep. it's a very critical part of it. Um, talk a little bit about how important it is for people who are experiencing um, sort of sexual health unhappiness or discontent, um, how important it is for them to look at that not as just a sexual health problem, but just an overall health problem. Yeah, I mean, you totally said it. I mean, a lot of times, uh, sexual problems are kind of like the canary in the coal mine. You know, you've heard the analogy about the canaries and you take them to the coal mine and they tell you if there's some, you know, dangerous chemicals down there before it actually kills the person. So we know that like erectile dysfunction and, and, and also probably the same kinds of things in women, like female sexual dysfunction, are oftentimes just warning signs, early warning signs that, hey, you've got some problems, whether it's, you know, you have atherosclerosis and you're, you don't have good blood flow or you have hormonal imbalances or you're not, you're like, you know, you're not where you need to be mentally and spiritually, um, it's, it's basically indicative most of the time of something else going on, uh, which is why I like to practice this medicine. I like to use this field, sexual health, to point me in directions and finding other causes of, you know, of ill health. So let's dive deeper into these specific diseases, right? So where is the science today for the most incredible outcomes from stem cell therapy? So the most literature right now is on treating musculoskeletal pain. So like joint pain, knee pain, you know, elbow pain, rotator cuff pain, uh, back pain, you know, those kinds of things. It really is where the most of the, the research is currently, but there are thousands of studies ongoing right now in the U.S. and worldwide that are looking at some cells from everything, you know, for autoimmune disorders to Alzheimer's to Parkinson's, you know, uh, to all the sexual uh, dysfunctions. Like there are hundreds of things being studied right now. And it seems that they seem to have benefit in many of those. You say uh, joint pain, right? Does that include arthritis as well, like rheumatoid arthritis? Or is it more like I injured myself and the stem cell is going to help me heal that old injury? It can be both. So rheumatoid arthritis is a, it's an autoimmune disorder. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the autoimmune disorders seem to respond well to IV stem cell treatment. So things like mus, you know, muscular uh, sclerosis, uh, yeah, multiple sclerosis, right. uh, arthritis, um, some of those things, just IV infusions, uh, multiple of them, usually you know, spaced out every three, four, five, six months, seem to really help with the autoimmune component and you know, kind of tamper down the immune system, and that can be helpful. Uh, but you can also do actual joint injections. So if you have you know, knee arthritis, osteoarthritis or other types of things like that that are just specific single joints, you can inject those joints also. So for someone who's listening to us and going, very interesting, I want to know more, what do you recommend? Because um, there's so much misinformation out there, and I know this because yeah. you know when I, before I went to get my own stem cell um, project, as I call it, done, 
I did a lot of research and there is a lot of conflicting information. It's all very confusing. And so what happens is most patients just go, Psh, I, I don't know what to believe. So I'm just not going to do this anymore Yeah, because um, it's confusing. So, you know, in our little short interview, we obviously can't cover everything. So with that said, if someone's interested in saying, okay, and I'm going to use just this as an example, you know, I've got some kind of an autoimmune joint pain, which is of course from inflammation. And I want to know what are my options for stem cell therapy? What, what do you recommend? Honestly, I wish there was a single one source. Um, you can certainly go to the, you know, the clinicaltrials.gov and look at the ongoing clinical trials, and that'll give you an idea of what's being done. Um, there's a lot of regulatory issues happening in the United States right now that's making it harder and harder for, uh, for patients to get stem cell therapies. Uh, so this is something that's, I mean, as we speak, it, it's just getting kind of worse and worse <laughs> from a regulatory standpoint. So it's harder and harder to get IV infusions for your rheumatoid arthritis or for your you know, Alzheimer's or for some of these things that, that people were otherwise getting treated for. Um, so I, a lot of people are actually going outside of the country to get these treatments, which is really sad to me. So to answer your question, there's not a single resource. You kind of have to just dig in and start doing a lot of reading. I do think that the, the sort of mainstream media has, uh, has seemed to have come down against stem cell therapies. I've read a lot of articles in the last few months that uh, are just sort of ill-informed Ill and, and don't seem to uh, really understand what's going on in this field and how big the potential is for these types of therapies to be amazing. I'm going to say conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> You know, again, a common person who hasn't spent the amount of time you and I have spent on just researching this stuff and, you know, all the lawsuits that are flying around and trying to shut clinics down. Right. What, what do you think is, is creating this sudden, very aggressive push to shut down stem cell therapy as a possible, incredible fountain of youth solution? I think people are scared. I mean, I think some people are just legitimately scared. Like they just don't want to, you know, they don't want to do harm and they want to make sure it's safe. And, you know, I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think other people are maybe, maybe scared for, uh, for, you know, to lose money. There's a lot of uh, interest in, there's a lot of conflict between, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, the device companies, uh, and, and the stem cell world, because you know, your own stem cells, it's, it's kind of hard to put a patent on those and to market those and to sell those to somebody else. So, you know, there's a reason that these, that the, the, these companies don't really want you to be able to do that. Uh, so there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of negativity that's floating around on a daily basis uh, in, in the stem cell world. But what's interesting is these therapies are so safe. You hear about a couple of bad cases out of tens of thousands of patients that have been treated. It's safer than aspirin. It's safer than Tylenol. It's safer than you know. I mean, really, like any medication that we have out there. Um, so that's the thing that I struggle with is like why. If it's so safe, why aren't you letting us use them more? You're assuring us that it's safe. So that's good to know because I know that question is always top of mind. You know, you're going to take out my fat, you're going to do something to it, and then you're going to inject it back into me. Is something going to happen to me when you inject that back into me? And the answer is... The answer is no, as long as it's done correctly. I mean, certainly any procedure holds a risk of some sort. There's always a risk of infection or you know, hitting the wrong thing when you put the needle back in. But if it's done correctly, the, the, these are extremely safe procedures. And where should you get these procedures done? Because that's, of course, to your point, like go, don't go to fly by the night kind of places that are not yeah. clinically <clears throat> trained. So what are some of the questions 
that um, or requirements that I would say qualifications that we need to look out for before we choose a provider. You know, I think you want it to be an actual physician, you know, maybe not just like a hairdresser or someone else who has stem cells in their office, which I've seen actually, um, but an actual physician. And then, you know, looking and seeing how much experience they have, you know, this has become very popular. There are, they think, I think about a thousand clinics right now in the U.S. that are doing stem cells of some sort, um, more and more coming out every day. Uh, and, and, but who's, who's been doing it for years? How many patients have they treated? You know, what are their patient outcomes? You know, can we talk to some of those patients? Are, you know, are there testimonials? Um, all of these things are important. A lot of patients, a lot of doctors, will keep registries of their patients to track outcomes, which I think is also really important because we know that these things don't help everyone. You know, nothing is 100%. So you want to know, like, how good is it for knee pain or how good is it for erectile dysfunction? Uh, and keeping track of that data is really important as well. And to be honest, you know, we're starting to build out a directory called Healerpedia underneath the Heal Circle Foundation, which is, of course, is a nonprofit. Everything we do is a nonprofit. And we're starting to build this directory out. So maybe, Dr. Amy, you can help give us um, some of the names of people that are doing really good work that yeah. our listeners can reach out to for consults. Cause I know a lot of these locations do offer free consults uh, for, for people to get comfortable with. Okay. So we've talked about kind of the benefits and give me a case study. What's, what's been your most exciting or maybe a couple of stories of success where someone came in with some issues yeah. and went through the procedure. We'd love to hear some of that. So um, so I treat both male and female sexual dysfunction, um, and they're both very different, but they're also similar in some ways. Um, one of my favorite stories, I had a gentleman who was in his early 50s, a very vibrant business guy, like super healthy, um, but he'd had prostate cancer three years previous or four years previous, and so he had prostate surgery, you know, had it taken out. And since that time, he'd had, he had severe erectile dysfunction, like just nothing worked, no matter what he did. He'd tried the injectables, he tried the pills, he tried the like everything. And he went to his urologist and his doctor uh, said, you know, there's, I can't do anything for you except maybe put an implant in. But he, he wasn't interested in that. So he came to see me as sort of like this last ditch effort. And, um, and we did, we took some stem cells from his, uh, from his fat, uh, injected them into his penis. And then I also did a series of uh, these shockwave therapies, which is called Gaines wave here in the US, but essentially low intensity sound waves. Um, I worked on his testosterone and a few other things. And about, four months later, he called me up and told me that he'd been able to have sex with his wife for the first time in like four years. They'd had sex and it was like, it was amazing for him because that was not possible for four years. Um, and I got like kind of teary eyed, but you know, something like that, like it brings him closer to his wife, but it also like, he said it changed the way that he like functioned in the, in his business. Like he was more confident and he, like he was better at making decisions. And it was all these other things that like, you wouldn't think that would be part of sexual function. Uh, but really it comes down to confidence and, and he got that back, which I thought was pretty amazing. Wow. What a great story. That's huge. I know. And I, know. I think the important point to note in that is it took four months and I think, you know, it's very important to understand that stem cells are not um, aspirin. They don't take the headache away instantly within 30 minutes. Right. Uh, but that they are, to your point, again, they're natural. So that means they're reactivating your own body to function the correct way right. for life. So let's talk about, is it for life? So does he need to undergo stem cell therapy frequently once a year or more? Or does the body just start to function on its own at this point? 
it depends on the, what the disease process is. So for certain, for some things, uh, like for him, for instance, if it was just a matter of healing, you know, from his surgery and getting that back healed, then he may be good and he may not anything else. Uh, but if it's someone who has an ongoing, like uh, autoimmune diseases or ongoing diseases, they often need treatments every six months or every year uh, because the disease is still there, but the stem cells are helping the body to cope with it better and giving it the, you know, the resources to do so. So it really depends on what we're treating. So I had another patient, uh, a female, who came to see me because she was losing her hair. And she had, you know, really the whole top of her hair. She'd been losing it for a couple of years and had gone to all the different doctors and dermatologists and had everything checked, you know, her iron and her this and that. Um, and there, we couldn't figure out what was going on. So we ended up doing uh, some stem cell injections with stem cells and PRP. And then I had a couple of sort of adjunctive treatments that I do for hair loss as well. Um, but th with this patient, and she, and she ended up growing back a good portion of her hair. But what was interesting about her is that... Uh, before, when she came to me, she was talking about how she was worried about her career because she felt like the loss of her hair uh, made people not take her seriously anymore. And it was very interesting because she was this you know, lovely, super smart woman, uh, but because she was losing her hair, she felt like her coworkers were losing respect for her, which I think is so sad. Uh, but I, I felt really good about you know, being able to help her get some of that hair back, and then hopefully, the, again, the confidence um, to go into that workplace and, and just take charge and like, be as amazing as she really was. Wow. And people don't realize how big of an issue it is, actually, when women start losing hair. I think, it, is it called alopecia? Alopecia. Yeah, there's several different types of it, but yes, alopecia. Right. And so it is a huge problem. It does destroy confidence. There are some links between autoimmune diseases and hair loss. Clearly, women that end up in menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause, um, see change in hair texture as well as hair loss. I've lost half my hair, but with that said, um, so very quickly again, for someone who's curious and watching and going, really, like, how, how, what'd you do? What did you do for her? So you took it out of her fat and injected it on her head? Yeah, I took it out of her fat, um, got the stem cells from fat. I also used platelet-rich plasma, which is, just comes from her blood. So I used the platelets from her blood, I used her fat. And then I also used something called exosomes with her, with her which is a, a product that comes from umbilical cord stem cells. It's like the messaging kind of growth factor part of the stem cells. So I use a combination of therapies for her, uh, but there are several different therapies out there that are similar that can be really effective. And how quickly did she have the hair growth to the point where she was comfortable again, that she was okay? I mean, it takes at least three to six months for hair to start seeing any benefit because the hair cycle is really long. Uh, so it was at least six months you know, before she was like, okay, it's coming back. And then even longer before it was really coming back. Okay. And I think that's, again, it's real important for people to understand when you do these things, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, again, for her, was it one treatment or was it multiple treatments? She had one with stem cells and then a couple more with just platelet-rich plasma. So just PRP, which is just made from her blood. And that's an easy, I mean, you're in and out in an hour kind of thing. Um, but but it, but it is nice sometimes to follow it up with the PRP treatments because you often need several of those doses. Okay. All right. Now we're going to talk about cost. Okay. So... I hear this a lot, you know, I can't afford organic food. You're telling me I need to go get some, you know, that I should explore something that's stem cell and it, you know, takes a long right. time, et cetera. We know insurance doesn't cover that. Is that still true? It's true most places. Uh, Arkansas does have some insurance companies that are covering um, some of the musculoskeletal injections now, which is pretty new. But overall, this is not covered by insurance. Okay. 
And what is the typical treatment cost, especially let's take pain, because we know that joint pain is severely debilitating. We know people who've got back pain, who have a hard time even getting to work, you know, again, back to it's impacting their ability to earn a living and support their families, or people who have such severe joint pain issues where it's an impediment to, it's an impediment to their lifestyle. Right. What, um, how much can it cost? What is, what is the cost these days? I mean, generally from a, between about $5,000 and probably $10,000, depending on, you know, what you're getting done, how many joints, what areas, how difficult it is. These are definitely still pretty expensive procedures. And I think eventually they'll come down to some degree, but uh, you know, it takes a fair amount of time and expertise uh, to be able to do these procedures properly. Uh, you know, I think that most patients who invest, especially if they have chronic pain and they invest in it, they're really happy that they did because they're able to get back to their life play with their grandkids, go on a walk, you know, bend over and pull the trash can up, whatever. Like it, I do think that it, it, if it's affordable to you, uh, then people tend to be happy that they made that decision. But it's not mm -hmm. affordable to everyone, which I think is something that is unfortunate. And I do think it will change as it becomes more common. And see, this is where people say, well, you can fly out to different countries and do it. But that's where I get very nervous about even having that conversation because we don't know what kinds of guidelines and regulatory right. compliance um, are occurring across borders. However, I do know that India was leading in stem cell because we in the U.S., of course, had almost mm -hmm. like a moratorium on stem cell research for, for a while. And yeah. um, other countries took the lead on it. And I know India took a major lead because yep. I, I know of people who flew down specifically to Bombay, Mumbai, and were able to get treatments done to their joints and just have had the most remarkable, remarkable yeah. turnarounds. So there are some countries I think that are comparable, if not frankly, more advanced in their stem cell. What has been your experience in, in that? Yeah, I actually, I actually went, went to India in January. I'm, I'm doing a stem cell uh, sort of documentary and, did, and went there and talked to a bunch of doctors and patients. And, and you're, you're right, they're actually, they're embracing stem cell uh, medicine in a way that some countries are not. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, the Prime Minister uh, Modi has partnered with some of the stem cell groups there. They're building, you know, the, one of the largest stem cell hospitals in the world right now as we speak. Uh, and that's pretty amazing for, you know, for that country. Uh, Japan and Korea are really advanced. Panama is a great is a great place uh, to get some stem cell treatments. Uh, Dr. Reardon down there is is very known. So there are some people who are doing amazing things. Uh, it's just that you got to go far to get them sometimes. Absolutely. And hey, maybe maybe the cost differential is enough to justify you know that seven hundred dollar flight to India. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Downside risks. So everything, as you said, has a risk. And yes, any kind of a procedure when you're taking something out or putting something back in, whether it's infection or, you know, someone just, something didn't work out. So those are kind of the given. Yeah. But beyond that, what are the other specific uh, risks of stem cell? For example, could the body reject the stem cells that are being put in? Well, if they're your own cells, if it's coming from your own fat or your own bone marrow, then there's, there's, it's not going to, you know, there's no rejection issue. Um, the only, as far as we know, the only problems, again, it's, it's just that it's just procedural problems, uh, infection, bruising, things like that. Uh, your own stem cells used in your own body are very safe. They're, it's unlike any other drug out there. Any last parting advice for someone who's considering stem cell, wants to know more, what is your big advice to them? What do they not know yet? 
my big advice is just to start reading and learning about this is this, this field you know the stem cells are here to stay and we're going to be hearing more and more about this every day uh, i would try to avoid maybe some of the the negative things that you read in here and, and just do a little bit more digging and learning because this is something that is science-based and it really can be helpful, I think, for thousands of people out there. Dr. Amy, thank you so much again for taking the time to being with us today. Thank you, it's been fun. And for the rest of you, HealCircle.org, it's the foundation that's committed to your health. So check us out, join us, share the love with your friends and family, and I'll see you on another one of these podcasts. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.